everybody. Grab your Bible and pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Having this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Hey everyone, Merry Christmas and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture together. And we are starting an Advent series in this episode and we will be talking about the Christmas story and Advent throughout December. But in this episode in particular, we are really focusing on the why. Why did Jesus come? Why is this important? Why does this matter? How does this affect us in our day-to-day life? And I do mention in this episode an Advent devotional that I wrote last year that we will actually have in the description of this episode and every episode in December, how you can access that if you would like to read along and do our Advent devotional. So we are really glad that you're here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Well, it's beginning to look a lot like it's beginning to, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just going to say Were you going to sing? <laughs> the whole time you we were reading, I was like, I'm going to sing that song. It's yeah. beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes. That's so that funny. It is. We are so in sync. Oh my Mom. goodness. Yes. Well, welcome everybody <laughs> so, on our conversation because we are excited about Christmas. If there's one thing we, we love, love is Christmas. Christmas. Yes, it is. On many, many we levels. Love Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. We love the lights. We love the story. All the mm-hmm. things Christmas. Yeah. The yes, story. Yes. yes Jesus is the, the reason for the season. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but uh, you know, Maybe that's why we love the light so much, because it reminds us that light came into darkness, first through yes. the darkness of the world, the light of that's Jesus. That's right. For, uh, that's John. And actually, I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to read John uh, 1 or you know Philippians, but I ended up doing Philippians because the other day, as you know, just uh, praying and having my quiet time, I just kept thinking about Jesus you know, uh, coming to earth because— you know, is it's Christmas time, and just thinking about Christmas, and even though sure. my well, he already heart, came, yes, he has, he did like, come, yeah. and uh, I, you know, even though a lot of things around here in my house, I do have mangers, I do have the uh, the nativity scene, but there are a lot of things around here that doesn't necessarily um, is described in scripture, but it is definitely Christmas. We have a lot of snowmen, we have a lot of Christmas, Santa Clauses here and stuff, but I started thinking about obviously, the real meaning and true meaning of Christmas. And I just started thinking, why why would God do that? And, and it just started me thinking about that. And I can honestly say, Kara, that almost daily, I have thought in the last week or two, like, why, my God, why, why would you do that? Why would Jesus humble himself, knowing that he was going to die, Leave heaven and come and come to earth, and um, on December the first is the um, the anniversary of my mom's passing, and I, it is always mm-hmm. a you know one of those reflective and those moments, and those moments that I'm thankful she's with 
Jesus, but really missing her. I don't care how many years it is. It's just one of those things. I, I do miss her. She loved, loved Christmas. And my love for Christmas uh, came really from her love for Christmas. But anyway, just just thinking through all that, and I thought my mom being in heaven, I thought, I don't think she would want to leave. I, I don't think she would no, want to leave. Right. And uh, I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago about my dad, my mom, you know, being really bitter when my dad passed away. And and you did not share that. Oh, I didn't. I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, maybe I don't remember you. I mean, we talked about a little bit about your dad, but I don't remember you saying. Well, I, I just, don't remember you saying that she was bitter. Bitter, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Well, We've we, done we, a lot of these, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, let me just kind of remind, just reflect back because I think I did, but if if not, maybe whoever's in on this conversation wasn't listening. You know, wasn't in that conversation, but. Uh, my mother was always a very, very positive person, always, always, and you know would not look at anything negative on TV. If it was some child that you know, if they had little, if they had advertisement about needing food for children or anything, she just couldn't watch it. And so, uh, when my dad passed away, I just noticed over time that she became kind of changed. This positive woman became kind of just very critical. And mm. about everything. And even Howard uh, said to me one time, she said, he said, have you noticed that your mom is just a little negative? Now, she, he didn't say bitter. And he was probably nervous to even say that. You know, it's one thing, yeah. for, <laughs> yeah. one thing for me to say something about my mother than, or my family, you know, uh, than for Howard to do that. But it was it was that obvious because my, my mother loved Howard and Howard loved my mother and took such good care of her. But anyway... As I was, you know, we would talk about it. I'm like, I know, I, I don't understand it. So when my mother got sick, I was able to go and sit with her in the hospital, and it would just be the two of us. And one night, I just said, Mom, you know, when Dad passed away, I just noticed that you became, I just felt a little negative. Because by this time, when my mother got sick, she was so positive. She just changed. She's positive again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? what's going on? And I knew it wasn't that when she got, because she was sick, it wasn't that yeah. at all because she became you know more like herself way before she got sick. And, but there was this period of time and, and I said, I, I don't understand. Like, was something happened? And as you know, and as everybody that knows me, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up where we talked about the Bible and, and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was shocked when she said this. Even though before she died, I did find out that she was, you know, a Christian. But anyway, before she died, I knew that you know we had this conversation about her being a, a believer. But when she was in the hospital, I was asking her. I was like, you know, what what was the pro? You know, what happened? And she said, well, one night, I I had this dream, and she said I saw your dad, and she said he said to me, Ruby, don't be sad over me. She, she said, he said, uh, I'm good. I'm happy. And mm-hmm. she said, I just knew that your dad would never want to leave. He was happy and he was mm-hmm. healed and everything. And, you know, and I, I'm not going to get into theology about that. And I didn't sit there and go, now, did you really have a dream? Did you really see him? Yeah. You know, none, none of that. But it was so life-changing that right. she actually— The bottom line is it, yes. it gave her peace. Yes. And, yeah. and it was just Acceptance, that, right. probably. Right, and it was just that awareness of heaven and that, you know, 
he would not want to come. So as I've right. been reflecting on these scriptures where Jesus, you know, left heaven, chose to humble himself, even to the point of the cross, even willing to die for the cross, I kept saying, thinking into myself, I just keep thinking, God, why would you do that? And I just, I thought, well, out of love. I have always think of it as he did it in order to be near, like to be close to us. Like he did it so that he could yes, that's have a true. relationship. I mean, that's just how I, I think there's, there's both, there's multiple reasons, you know. Well, it's out of love. He wants to be near to us. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, when I mm-hmm. say multiple reasons, I mean like, yes, it is out of love. But for me, it may be, you know, just because of maybe wounds or hurts that I've had in my life. Like that's what I think of is like, oh, he wanted to be close and near to me so much mm-hmm. so that it was worth leaving heaven. Because I think with my history, like I have not had a lot of experience. I've had some, even just with like dad and I have had a relationship recently where it was, they were very servant minded, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. doing things for me. And I'm just never, I'm not used to that. Like I am, I do everything myself. I'm, you know, like I don't want anyone to go out of their way for me, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But, and so the thought of like someone doing something for me and like going so out of their way for me or doing something that is not convenient for themselves mm-hmm. like that means maybe I'm a acts of service love language. I have no idea. But that just means so, that strikes something in my heart that's mm-hmm. like overwhelming. Like I don't even know how to accept that mm-hmm. kind of love. Right. It feels like, oh my gosh, you would do something so inconvenient, so like hard or so mm-hmm. difficult just for me, like just to be close to me, just to have a relationship with me. Like mm-hmm. I don't even... Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to, how do I wrap my mind around how that. How do you wrap? And Especially I, the Savior of the world, yeah. you know, like, and, let alone a human, but. Yeah, and I know that your yeah. dad is a very, very giving person. I, you know, said this, you know, on his birthday uh, in November about, he showed me humanly how you can love unconditionally and how mm-hmm. Howard has always just put me first and loved me and, you know, put up with me, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and if there was any human, per, you know, person that I could, you know, turn to and say, oh, you really do show me what it's like to be loved unconditionally. It would be Howard. But mm-hmm. I just feel like there was nothing self-serving for Jesus to come. There was nothing uh, that would benefit Jesus to come that would help Jesus, other than what you're saying is to be near to us, mm-hmm. is to yeah. is to draw us back to ourselves. There was such a gap. There was such a division when sin entered into the world, which is in Genesis, you know, when you yeah. when sin came and, and, and you know, and hurt the relationship between his children and the father. And so now after Genesis three, you know, there's that pursuit that God's coming and then he comes. Yeah. I think I, I know I've mentioned this on here before, how that was one of the main things when I read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, that first year we did it however many years ago, that was one of the big things that stuck out to me was like, he's been f- coming after us mm-hmm. way before Matthew, way before yeah, yeah. the New Testament. Like he's been coming after us since Genesis 3. That's right. And and even before that, I mean, Genesis 1, like he's been, you know, pursuing us. And I feel like, and I know, you know, I wrote an Advent, which we'll link that in the description of this episode, but I wrote an Advent uh, solely around that idea of 
like to really fully understand, Mm -hmm. or we can't even understand, but to even begin to grasp the importance and the fight, the pursuit that Jesus, that God had for us, Mm -hmm. we have to look at Genesis. Mm -hmm. We have to go, you know, there's so much in the Old Testament that, and I think that's one thing I, I love about the Advent season is it helps me to remember and to like kind of sit in it mm-hmm. a little bit of not just like, yeah, the reason for the season and, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus was born and, you know, we can, it's just like anything we can look over it so quickly and just mm-hmm. be like, yeah, Jesus loves us or, oh yeah, Jesus came. And, but I think there's so much to it if we just kind of sit and like, let's really think about this for a minute. Like, like we just yes. that Philippians verse, like he came, right. he humbled himself. Like, let like, think about that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have been, I've been thinking, why would you do that? And, you know, as you were, you know, saying, you know, about your wounds and stuff, even though I loved my dad and I know that my dad loved me, as you know, my dad never said, I love you. He wrote it. He mm. wrote it down one Christmas and gave it to me on a piece of paper. But, I never verbally heard my dad say, I love you, sugar pie. You know, and mm-hmm. I just think about why would he do that? And, and I kept thinking, because he loves me. God loves you that much. And it's hard to grasp that you love someone that much. And when you love someone that much, you do want to be near to them. You will do anything it takes to mm-hmm. get to be close to them. And, you know, I started thinking about that, and I'm not trying to put any kind of shame or guilt on myself or anyone else, but I'm like, would I have done that for him? You know, will I do that for him? Like, we talk so often about surrendering and giving everything to God. Well, if you love someone that much, it's not a sacrifice. You just want to do that. And, you know, it's easy. It's not even easy for us to understand and grasp how much God loves us, but He did it because He loves us. And then, you know, we, it's hard for us to digress that, but we have to take the other part of it and go, but do I love him that much? And mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest. I'm like, God, I want to. Yeah. Well, I don't think that we can love him that much because his, he's, per, he's, he's he is perfect. Love. He is love. Yeah. yeah like, like we talked about last week, like perfect love cast, like he is love. He, he, he cannot do anything but the love. perfect right. love. Right. So I don't think that we can love him that much, but of course, with the Holy Spirit, we have some capacity, some capability to love him as much as we mm-hmm. as much yeah. as we can. So yeah, it's like there's no shame or condemnation in that. But I do think it is a good reminder of okay, what he's asking me to give up in my little world mm-hmm. because there there is things that he's asking me to give up. Yeah, all of us. There's always things that you know, things to surrender or things to let go of or, mm-hmm. you know, to lay down. I don't know. It's just, it is a good perspective of like, well, he had no, he laid himself down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I know yeah. he emptied himself. He not only did, yeah. he, he became a man, you know, we so exalt man, men and women and, you know, humans that we, you know, we're so humanistic. We're, we put ourselves on the throne. We think we accomplish so much in the world. And it's funny because in scripture, it says he, you know, he humbled himself. Like in other words, he lowered himself to become this right, person. Right. We try to human. we try to puff ourselves up. Yeah. Yeah. And and God had to, you know, he's like, Well, you know, I'll lower myself and I'll become a human being. Right. And you right. know, I and think And I don't I mean, for me it it's just a good challenge. Yeah. It's not like I don't feel 
me personally. I don't feel like condemned, but I'm like, oh man, like this thing that I'm having such a hard time letting go of or having, like I, I wish that I almost feel myself feeling like, help me to count that, that as a joy. Mm-hmm. Just like just like Jesus saw mm-hmm. it as a joy to lay himself down for us. I mean, it was, I think it's somewhere Paul writes, like his suff- like there's joy in his suffering because of, well, Paul said it was joy of his suffering because the gospel was being set out. But it's in in no Hebrews, the, for Jesus' suffering. Yeah, but Hebrews oh, twelve. Of? Yeah, Hebrews twelve. It says that Jesus, you know, for the joy set before him, endured the cross and suffering. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. and yeah, and we're the joy. We're the joy. We are his joy. The joy of the cross. I think also his joy was being obedient. I think. You know, Jesus was obedient to the Father, and and it says out of his obedience to the Father, he came and he suffered. And I think that brought him joy to be obedient to the Father. As followers of Jesus, we should find joy out of being obedient to the Father. And then also, I think the relationship he has with us, because he did die for us, he did come and he died, so that we would have a personal relation, an intimate relationship with him. That's a joy of his, and and I think that's something that brings him joy. I think you and I bring him joy. I think he is joy. I think he is love. It says, you know, the angels came and told the shepherds, you know, you know, child has been, you know, been born. Peace, all joy among mankind. You know, God is all of those things, and He came so that we could know Him and that we could be close to Him. And mm-hmm. I think the the more that we know him, I say this all the time, the more that we know him, the more we love him. But I just, I go back and just going back, like, why would you do that? Because you came to die. He came to die. That was his hope. Right. That was his purpose. Purpose. Yeah. And like you said, going back in the Old Testament, the cross wouldn't make any sense. The cross would not make any mm-hmm. sense. The blooding, the shedding of the, the blood for the remission of sin would make no sense whatsoever if you didn't understand the shedding of blood you know, in the Old Testament for the penalty of sin. Yeah, all the covenants that went before, yeah. But, you know, I just I just thought, you know, as this Christmas season's coming, you know, you just sit and reflect and say, you know, we're going to sing Joy to the World. We're going to sing uh, Mary, Did You Know, you know. Oh, that's one of my favorites. I love Mary, Did You Know and Holy Night. Those yeah, are my two, yeah, two favorite Christmas I too. songs. And it's just one of those things I just thought, you know, to sit and reflect and go, God, why why would you do this? And really and truly, Kara, I just I would just pray that. And I'd sit there for a minute. And I know because of scripture, you know, I would say to to God, God, why? Why why did Jesus mm-hmm. come? And I think through scripture, God spoke to me and he said, Because I love you and I want a relationship. There's a song that said, He left heaven. He didn't want heaven without us. And I think He's so complete. He's so holy. He's so powerful. He's so, you know he's king. He's got everything, and and there's nothing that we can give to God that makes God better, and yet right. He wants us. Like you know, so often we feel like people love us because we bring value to them. We make them feel good about themselves, or we do nice things for them, or you know, we're kind to them as a lot of our, you know, performance. And and a lot of times we really try to perform to get people to like us. But there's nothing we can do that would be enough. And there's nothing that we can do, can do that would complete God 
because God's already completed. He just loves us. I don't even know. I don't even know why. You know, yeah. well, I, think I say it, this all the time. I didn't even love myself. I, it was hard for me to even embrace God loving me, and it's still hard. Yeah, well, I think going back to you, like the reason he came, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like he came to die. Like that was part, yes, he came because he loved us and to have a relationship, but a lot of, like that was his purpose. Like mm-hmm. his purpose was to come to die so that he could, you know, be raised again and we can have a relationship with them on behalf of our sin, you know, be a sacrifice for our sins. But we were created to walk with him, mm-hmm. which we, that's in Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. Like he created us to walk with him. And be that's where him. I, mm-hmm. I get, it goes back to Genesis, which we actually haven't talked about Genesis 3 in a while on here mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. But that union was broken in Genesis 3. And so, and that's why, that's why I say like in order to like fully grasp what happened in the gospels mm-hmm. of the Bible of Jesus coming, I feel like we have to understand, like that's the why is that because is. we were created to walk with him. We were created to be in a relationship with God, but that was broken when sin came into the world. And so from that moment on, you know, it's like that, it's a rescue mission. It was this, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm coming to get my, to get my people back. And I don't know. I just think that there's something so beautiful about that. Like, Talk about and all the things that had to come into place, you know, all the prophecies from the Old Testament prophets that had to happen. Like there was just so much. And there's just so much detail. Like he just put so like I put so much effort and detail. He's so precise. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess I'll just do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, no, this has been this was the plan. It's all a plan. Along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I don't know. I just think that that's like some that's so beautiful where it's just that, I don't know if it's the parallel is the right word, but the parallel of Jesus coming so that he could be close to us. Mm-hmm. But we are here to walk with him. And it was like both had to happen. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about Adam and Eve. You just kind of picture this in, in, in my mind. It, Adam and Eve just sinned, that, you know, and they're scared, and they're running, they're hiding. Now, there are two people, and the rest of them are animals. Where do they think they're going to go? Uh, that God's not going to know where they are. But anyway, so they, they're hiding, and God, as you're saying, He came after them. And He called out Adam and Eve, and, you know, where are you? And, like, God knew where they were, but they needed to know what they had done, and they needed to know where they were. And they were in a sinful situation. And I just I think about them being in that garden, and Satan is there. And there is Adam and Eve, and here is God. And he's looking at Adam and Eve, and he's like, what have you done? And, of course, they start blaming everybody. You know, she did it, he did it, you know, the serpent did it, all that. But what I just love is, I just love thinking about him looking at Satan and going, you're not going to win. They're mine. And you're not taking them. And because he said, you might hurt me, you may bruise my heel, which he did, you know, as far as the cross, but I'm going to smash your head. I'm going to win. And I just think about, so often we think, God, do you ever want to defend us? God, do you care? God, you know, you know you're going to make things right. It's like, yes. I mean, from the very beginning, you're talking about Genesis, from the very beginning, I just think about God looking at Satan and going, you're not winning. They're mine. And you're not taking them. I think it's, I feel like I've said this on a recent episode, but... It's like leaving the story in the middle of the story. You're not letting him finish. You know, give you're not giving God a chance to complete the story 
Like if you look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it would be like st- you stop reading in Isaiah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, there's a lot. There, there's a lot more to happen, and he like he's not finished. And and I think that's the, you know, our story is still in the Bible. We just don't have books mm-hmm, of the Bible, yeah. but because Revelation is the end, you know, he mm-hmm. is like there's there's more to come. There's more that he's doing. And I think to give up on God in the middle of the story is. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just thinking of like, if someone were to do it to me, I'd be like, well, I'm not finished yet. You know, like, let me, let me do what I say mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, do whatever. And I think that's the Lord. You know, he's like, I, I said that I'm going to, I said I'm going to fight for you. I said that I'm going to come after you. I, and I've done that and I'm doing that. And I'm going to continue to do that. Like, let me. Love you. Like, let me do that. Yeah. Let me love you. Let me fight for you. Let mm-hmm. me, you know, I've been doing this since the beginning of time. Right. I think that the reason, Kara, people want to walk away or they give up in the middle of the story or in the middle of their life or the middle of their circumstances is, you know, I, I, I kind of sometimes just refer to it like you go into a movie and you sit there for, a, you know, a couple of minutes and the movie's two hours long and you get out. You're like, well, that was a stupid movie. Well, you did, you don't even know what the movie's about. Because you weren't there, you didn't see the end of the movie, and we don't see the end of this story or our story. But I think one of the reasons that so many people walk away and want to get out of the middle of the movie or walk out in the middle of their situation in their life and, and give up on God is because they don't realize that, no, the story is not over with, but more importantly, He loves you. You don't know the full story. Yeah, but yeah, you don't know that I love you. don't understand how much I love you. If you understood how much I I love you. I feel like God's like, if you really could grasp how much I love you, you would never walk out in the middle of this story. You would trust me to the end of it. Yeah. When I think we have to remind, because I'm sitting here thinking like, I I know that, but I don't know that I live my life knowing that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know that I wake up and walk through my days fully sitting in that reality. You know what I mean? But I know that. I know that he mm-hmm. loves it. Like I'm aware of that, but I, I don't think I live in that reality all the time because- of hurt, of pain, of, you know, hope deferred, of, mm-hmm. you know, hardships, you know, like this, it is a hard season for a lot of people. And, and I think that's the, it seems like darkness can overtake in that regard in terms of our own personal darknesses, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's, we've got to fight for the light, you know, we got to fight for that, just like Jesus fought for us. Like we've got to fight to remember who Jesus is, why he came, that he is he Lord over all, that he love he is in control. He does love us. He is going to, you know, do good. He's going to f- protect us. He's going to comfort us. He's, you know, all the things that mm-hmm. he said he's going to do. And I think we've, like, we've got to hold on to that because darkness wants to overcome. And, and you know, when it's dark, you can't see. It's just bottom line. When it's dark, you can't see. And I think that there is this, you know, in John, which, you know, we're talking about John 1, where it says, um, you know, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not know how to comprehend it. That You know, once, it doesn't have to be a big light, it's just a little light. You know, a lot of times, I think we talked about this just the other day, I take my phone, you know, when I'm, you know, getting up out of bed because it's dark and I don't want to, you know, turn on the light to wake up Howard. So I'll take, a, take my phone. It's a tiny little light, but it will light my path that little, you know, a little bit. And I think that, you know, God came down into a dark world that's full of sin. He is the light of the world. That is true. But 
all of those things are true, but why? What would motivate him to do that? He is love. He cannot not love. But right, we just said why. Yes, and it, but you know, and he is light, and he's going to come down in the darkness. He is going to finish the story. He is going to finish, you know, what he's come to do. He is pursuing us, but why? Not because we can bring any value, or not because we can make God more holy, more powerful, more stronger, more beautiful. He's all of that. It's strictly because he loves us and he wants us. And I think it's just really hard because we don't live in a world where that is a reality. Normally, we li- we are, feel like we're accepted or uh, loved based on either what we look like, what we do, our personalities. You know, it, it's conditional. And when we sit back and think, well, God, why would you do that? Because you know, I love you. It's, it's just hard to comprehend. And I think that that's one of the the biggest lies that the enemy has given to God's children is God doesn't love you. If he loved you, that wouldn't happen. If he loved you, he would give you those things. If he loved you, he would answer your prayer. If he loved you, you know, and, and all those things go in our head. And I think that that's, I think that's the key. I, I just, I don't even know that I can even explain or express or teach or talk about what has been happening in the last couple of days, but it's just been my just my question to God, like God, and I'm not question like I question God's love, but I do question how could someone love me that much? And I do believe that that's a core and the foundation of everything. I think it's because He loved us, and I think we should, you know, we're supposed to to love Him in the same. But we are going to walk out. We are going to leave God. We are going to go and try to uh, live our life the way that we want to do it if we do not know that God loves us and he always wants what's best for us and we just don't have the capacity to know what's best for us we think we do we think we're so smart but but we don't well i think it goes kind of i was thinking about that you know that thanksgiving episode that i didn't want to record (laughs) 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 i was like well this is gonna be cliche but it really has kind of stuck with me because i i think there is so much to gratitude, even like, thank you for coming down, like mm-hmm. choosing to come down because mm-hmm. he did not have to. Like you said, like there was, he was not forced to do, like mm-hmm. he chose, he willingly chose to humble himself and to come down here to, in order to die. And I think it's just trying to, maybe you've seen me like praying and asking like, God, help me to remember that. You know, like, I think there's gonna, I think it's effort on our part to try to sit in that, you know, or like, mm-hmm. or when I feel myself drifting toward despair or drifting towards sadness or and not that sad, we can mm-hmm. be sad. Like, yeah. of course, like I, I think we can grieve and be thankful all, all at the same time. I know I talk about that with you a lot, <laughs> like feeling the two, like we can, we can feel both things and that's okay. But I mean, like being so overcome with grief or sadness to where, you know, there's despair, which despair is more of the hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in order to com- combat hopelessness, I think we have to remember hope, mm-hmm. which is Jesus. Like yeah. he is our hope. And I think he's the basis of our hope. And I, I think about that a lot because I do struggle a lot with hopelessness and really trying to constantly turn my focus on like, okay, like this situation feels so hopeless and bleak mm-hmm. and facing despair in that. But trying to remember my hope is in who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. 
That doesn't mean the situation changes. It hasn't. It doesn't. Or that doesn't mean that I all of a sudden have hope necessarily about the situation, but it's almost like it helps me to have hope just in my day to day. I don't know if that makes sense because I think I personally still struggle to find hope that something will change or that this will happen or not happen or I don't know, whatever. But remembering that he is my hope, it almost like it's, I feel, I think it's that more of that dual emotion again. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I don't know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to go down. It seems like this is an impossibility, but I know who Jesus is and I'm choosing to remind myself of who Jesus is, that he can do anything. He can raise anything from the dead. He can, he is over, you know, his authority, his power over all of the earth. He loves me. You know, just remembering mm-hmm. that, like, he is my hope. He is my basis of hope. Hopelessness is when we look at a circumstances or we look at a situation or life, and we do not see a solution. There's no way out, or there's no way that things yes. are going to change. and that's what I struggle with. And that's, yeah. and that's looking, at, looking at that, and that brings hopelessness. When you say, and when you say, well, you know, God is my hope, he's got all the power, and he's got strength and, you know, all those things. Like he, he will does. do something about he it. He can do something. But yeah. sometimes he doesn't do something, as you said earlier, in our time frame. He may be working on it. He may be going to do something. But then he also may not do it in the way that we think that he should. And so we, when we're looking at a situation and we feel like there's— Or he may no, not do it at all. That's right. He, or he I mean, may not just that say, he's not working. I just mean, yeah. It's like it, it may be a no, no to it. Maybe. It may be a no yeah, to yeah. it. And so, but— even though God's powerful, even though God can change the situation, even though there's always hope that there's nothing that God cannot do, but will God do it? Will God do it in the way that I think that it should be turned out? That's where we feel like it's it's hopeless because you're looking at something that you probably have no control over, and you're like, well, God, unless some, unless you do something, there's no hope. I have no hope because I have no control. I have no ability to make this work out. So you're looking to Jesus as your hope is the power. But what I want the people that are listening in and having this conversation, and you and I both fix our mindset on is this, God can change. He has the power to change it. There's always hope. Nothing, you know, is ever a no until God says it's a no. Things He can change. He can bring things that are dead back to life. I know. I get that. But if He doesn't, it's because he's motivated by love, not by, I want to teach you something, or you've been bad, and I'm not going to give this to you. When God says no, it is because God loves us. And it is very difficult for us to understand that. And again, we were talking about he humbled himself and became a man because we think we know everything. We think we know what we want. We think we know how things should turn out. And so we feel hopeless because we want a certain situation to, to change. I think that there's just a lot of grief this season for sure. people. I think Absol- I'm grieving. I think, yes. yeah. So I, I, that's more what I'm speaking to is like, okay, I think in order for my grief to not, I think grief can point us toward hope or point us to hopelessness. And that line is really hard. And so that's, you know, what I'm talking about too is, is not just even – Yes, hoping thing for things to change, but also like looking at grief in that of like, you can still be grieving, but having hope because of who Jesus is. And that's really hard. And that's where I think we can have hope because it's like, you know, I'm just thinking of, I was 
friend of mine has lost her mom and mm-hmm. she um, posted, had just posted about Instagram. And I, I was thinking of that too, of like someone, you know, like her, like she is in deep grief mm-hmm. and like her hope, obviously like her mom's not going to come back to life. So it's not like her hope is that that's, is going to change. It can't change. But her mom was a believer and there's hope. And even if, I mean, there's people who don't know if they're, person who they've lost is a believer or not. But I think that there's like, whether it's hope and you're wanting a situation to change or whether you're just needing to get through a day because of a loss or, you know, whatever it may be, I think it goes back to remembering who Jesus is. Like we've said, like he came, why he came. And I do think if we are the best we can this season, if you're grieving in this Advent season to remember like we've talked about this episode, why he came and and he will hold us. He will grieve with us. He will heal us. He will, you know, like he came so that he can walk with us through these grieving situations, like through our grief. It's not necessarily hope always that a situation will change. It's sometimes hope that I have Jesus, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, again, we go back to he humbled himself to, even to the point of death. He died so that we would live forever. So everything that Jesus has ever done for us. But with him, is not meant, just forever. Yeah. Yeah. That he's done is out of love for us. And he wanted to always be with us. He wants to give us peace. He's given us the Holy Spirit, the strength to endure, even when we're going through hard times. So that's our hope that we have. It's not necessarily that our circumstances have changed, but that we will have the peace, we have the strength to get through it. Yes, we can have a loss. I do miss my mom. I am very thankful that at the end of her life that we did have the conversation. I do know that she's a believer, and I do know that I'll see her again. But mm-hmm. we have to realize that our hope is in the fact that God is going to make it right, and He loves us. And even if there's a situation that will not change, God loves us so much, He's going. He has empowered us to give us the strength to get through it. He's like, I'm going to help you get through it. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to enter into your pain with you. I'm going to give you the peace. I'm going to give you the strength to endure in this. So, no, you're right. I mean, there are... You know, my mom's not coming back here. I don't think she would want to, but I'm going to see her again. That's hope. That and, and why would I have that hope? Because Jesus came and conquered death. He he died so that she will not die. You know, Jesus never mm-hmm. called anyone dead, other than the fact that he would say, "Lazarus, you know, sleeping. Yeah, we need to sleeping. go." Yeah, he said, "We're sleeping," yeah. and they're like, "Well, we don't want to wake him." And then he'd say, "Okay, you know, y'all, you know." Yeah. human and stupid. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know. They're dead. Yeah. They're dead. Okay. Yeah, he would be like, you're thinking and like, you're not thinking yeah. right. You no. know, like they're, they are, they're just asleep, which is, yeah, that's a good point. They're and they're sleeping. Yeah. And I think that our hope is because Jesus did die so that we can live forever with him, but then also we live with him here and he's going to empower us to get through something. You know, we're just going to have to grow up and understand that we're not in heaven. This is not heaven. And this is not the garden. Praise the Lord for yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, and Praise we the just, Lord, this is not heaven. That's right. Because if this yeah. is heaven, we're, I don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just feel like we have to understand that God knew. He said, like, you know, they need a Savior. They need the power to, to get through what they chose. This is what, this world is what we chose. This is what man chose. This is not what God. 
Genesis 1 and 2. That's not, this was not, not God's, he, no. This was not the plan. This I mean, was, this there was, was a plan, but this was not it. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted, everything was good, but he gave us a choice. Well, and, yeah, it goes back to, yeah, like we were created mm-hmm. to walk with him, right. like Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes. Yeah. And so I just think that as we are entering and start, you know, talking about Jesus coming, and of course, I love the story of Luke and the angels and, you know, Mary and, you know, I don't want to talk about that, but I just, I think you have to keep the why nearby. And I think you're getting like, well, why would you do that, God? And I would, and you know what? Just write this down. You are never hopeless. You're always loved. And you're always held by a hands or held. I feel like God's stretched out his hand on that cross. You know, I heard so many times, it wasn't the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was love. Love for us. Write that down. You are loved. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.